When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the podcast where two best friends use their patent-pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a film. Today is Wednesday, July 19th, 2023, and today we are reviewing the, going to guess off the top of my head, 11th installment of the Mission Impossible franchise. Seventh? Yeah. The seventh installment of the Mission Impossible franchise. The beginning of the end. Part one of the end, which is what everyone's doing nowadays. Is it the end? I just assume if you're doing a part one, part two, it's the end. Not always, though. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. Yes. Now, some insight for those tuning into this review. First and foremost, thank you. Tyler and I have never seen any Mission Impossible movies. Not a single one. Did a very base level research before. None. Very base level. Did none. Which It was kind of like just determining who was in the movie and like whose name was who. Which didn't really matter much because the female lead in this was a new character. Anyways, we have a fresh perspective on this. Mm-hmm. We aren't having our review tainted by rose-colored glasses just because we like the Mission Impossible franchise. We're fresh, baby, and I'm excited to talk about it. I can't wait to talk about it. Let's get on the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I'm not fucking leaving. Ethan Hunt has completed countless impossible missions, but with a new threat looming, he must decide what he cares about most in order to save the world. Ethan, I don't know. I was about to say Ethan Hunt. That's not his. Ethan Hunt. No, I know, but usually you say the name of the movie after that, and I just said oh. the name of the main character. You're just adding on to this ridiculously long title. It's Ethan Hunt's Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Yes, there's like four colons in one movie title with that. Um, yes, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, getting great reviews. Um, we're looking at, what, 96%, I believe, on Rotten Tomatoes? 96 critics and 94 audience. People yeah. are loving this fucking movie. And the Mission Impossible franchise as a whole is pretty well received. Um, it's made a lot of money. It's, you know, I know, Tom, I know Tom Cruise saved cinema with Top Gun Maverick, but I would say this is his most known slash iconic franchise, right? Like, you, I mean, you ask people what Tom Cruise is in, they say Mission Impossible first? I think depending on when, Family Feud style, we've asked oh. 100 people. Let me, what does he say? I almost said put it on the board, but that's a that's a baseball thing. I, I don't know. I don't. 
I think he just goes, you don't watch Family Feud? I do. I think he just repeats the answer. Someone will be like, Mission Impossible, Steve. And he'll be like, Mission Impossible. Ding. And then it'll pop up. Where does it pop up on that board? Is it number one? (sighs) I think if you're doing it right now, no. Everyone's going to say Top Gun. I think like right now and like three years after Top Gun came out. Okay. They're going to be like, oh, Top Gun. Outside of the, in the range in between, Mission Impossible. I'd say The Edge of Tomorrow. Fuck yeah. Which, real quick, I don't know if you mentioned on the pod last week, just. I think we did. Oh, you loved it. So. It was wonderful. It was so good. It was a great lead into this. Tom Cruise doesn't miss. <laughs> Looking at the film itself, though, again, doing some research on, like, the characters and everything. The reason I wasn't worried too much is I looked at the the characters, like, there's, like, a little chart that they have on the Wikipedia of, like, who's been in the movies and, like, what movies they've been in. Um, Luther Stickwell, who was played by uh, Irving Rames. I think he just goes by Ving Rames. Okay. He's played it the whole time. You know, you have some of the, the recurring characters, you know, his, like, two buddies that were helping him. And um, I'm pretty sure the bad guy, or maybe not the bad guy, but most of it was, like, I'm looking at it, like, Haley Atwell, first movie. Uh, the Jasper character, first movie. Gabriel, the first movie. Um, the NSA guy, first movie, the NRO guy, first movie. And obviously there's, you know, some, some recurring people like, um, Kitten Ridge, you know, Kitten Ridge actually was in the first movie. This was his return. Yeah. I do know people who are, who are big in the mission possible franchise were like, Oh shit. Didn't, didn't stick with me because I just thought he was here the whole time. (sighs) Yeah. I don't see him on this chart. Benji Dunn. He was one of uh, his friends. He's been in it since the uh, the third installment. Yeah. Um, the White Widow. She was in the last one. She was also in this one. Nice. So I, I feel like we didn't have to do much research because I feel like these movies, the Mission Impossible franchise, maybe besides this one and part two, are very independent of each other, I think. I feel like, and again, haven't seen the first six, but obviously it helps to know a character's backstory and everything. But mm-hmm. as long as you get the gist, Tom Cruise... He's a he's a, a ghost agent, whatever they call it. He goes on impossible missions, and yeah. this movie does a great job early on, which normally I shit on, but in this case I actually benefited from it <laughs> of them doing like a little bit extra exposition to explain some stuff. Hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> so it very much helped the people new to the franchise at the end of the franchise. Yeah, so I, I think you know you if you haven't seen any of the Mission Impossible movies, you can go and watch this, um, and you're just gonna get a film that's like Fast and Furious. Not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, taking a look at everything, um, it definitely feels like there's the Mission Impossible trilogy, mm-hmm. which is separate from the Mission Impossible dash insert subtitle. Okay. Quadrilogy with one and two, five okay. movies with those. Because like, even the Rotten Tomatoes and everything, like it's it's they went 66, 56, 71 critics. So they were kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they dropped Ghost Protocol, and it's just nothing but 90s. Really? 93, 94, 97, 96 are the critic scores for all the ones past Impossible 1, 2, and 3. Wow. So I feel like, you know, if we do go back because of this, I feel like I'd just start with four. I feel like the first three don't even matter. (laughs) Yeah, I'm probably never going to watch all the other ones. Really? I'll be honest, yeah. I'll be honest, I think we're going to have different opinions on this film. Really? I think so. Um, this film's been in production since 2019 when it was first announced, Ty. Yeah, I got um, hit by COVID. Angela Bassett was actually supposed to return as Erica Sloan, but was later removed from the film due to COVID-19 travel restrictions, Ty. 
fun fact there. So yeah, I got hit by COVID. It was the filming was scheduled to begin February 2020. Obviously, there was a global pandemic. A lot of stuff happened. Um, I guess there was a Polish bridge controversy, which I don't need to get into for the readers. A Polish bridge controversy? During the pre-production in late 2019, the Swiss government refused to authorize any explosions for the train sequence in the Alps. As a result, the Skydance media production team embarked on a location scouting in different countries to find an unwanted railway bridge. I love how you said you're not going to get into it, and then I was so intrigued that you fully got into it. Do the pol- I'm What is it? Polish? Here, so the bridge they blew up, I guess, had a lot of history on it. <laughs> That's the most fucking Tom Cruise thing ever. Like, look at this wonderful piece of history. Can I drive a train off of it? <laughs> yeah, there was protests about blowing up the bridge. Look, usually I'm all for those kind of protests and, like, saving history, whatever. I would have been on the other side of that line. Like, blow that fucking bridge up. I think they blew up another bridge. Oh, no. They I, saved I, the history? I can't tell which bridge was blown up. <laughs> was it a real bridge or was it a fake? I don't know. Mission Impossible does their, all their own stunts. Or, well, Tom Cruise does all his own stunts, but they do a lot of practical stunts. Yeah, 100%. So yeah. I'm sure there is a bridge somewhere that's been blown up. That makes me very happy. Wherever that bridge may be at this time, I'm glad it's no longer there. <laughs> um, box office-wise, I think this movie's doing okay. I don't know if it's... I mean, it seems like every movie we talk about before we get into reviews doesn't seem to be doing well, but I think this is doing okay. Um, so far worldwide, it's at $259 million. I'm sure it probably had a $300 million budget. Um, is that a good open weekend? I'm not sure. I don't know. I have no idea. Domestic weekend, it did $54 million, Ty. I 100% will say um, you got to have a good opening weekend if you're Mission Impossible because you got two bangers coming out next week that are very much going to cut your legs off it trying to have like an extended box yeah. office stay. No, yeah, you're 100% correct. So that's probably not good for them, but I think they've already like filmed, like they're doing part two. I don't think they even give a fuck at this point. No, for sure. Yeah. Spe- oh, speaking of box office, not to go off here. Mm-hmm. Did you see Elemental is like one of Pixar's highest grossing movies of the past like decade? Okay. Riley told me this and then we fact checked it and I'm not sure how true it is. Did you fact check this? Not at all. Saw a yeah. tweet. I think it's a, it's a joking tweet. Worldwide 316 mil. Doesn't seem like a lot. So our box, uh, I think it's their best since Coco. That means Pixar's down bad. <laughs> That's their best since, uh, let's see. This is great radio. Yeah. Elemental's not even on box office mojo yet. Um, what did you so say it was at? 300 and change. So it's probably top seventh, five. Seventh behind. I got Nemo at 339, Inside Out at 356, Toy Story 3, 415, Toy Story 4, 434. Um, I oh this might be dom- I don't know if this is domestic actually this might be domestic. Shit, sorry, I have I have no idea. This is I'm. Why is box office mojo some sometimes so hard to operate? I also have no idea. So Toy Story Four Incredibles did a bill. Onward did a hundred thirty three. Soul did a hundred eighteen. Luca did fifty. Turning Red did ten because of um covid obviously and then lightyear did 218 elemental went up to 315 so i don't think that's i think 
it's making more than people expected. Here we go. Okay, so what'd you say it was at? Three fifteen. It looks like worldwide. That is the ninety seventh highest animated movie of all time. <laughs> Top hundred ain't bad, baby. The Good Dino made more. Three thirty three. Um, I'm just trying to find. Bugs Life made more. Toy Story made more. I, I don't. I think you got a little tricked a little tie they said it was the most since blink since which toy story 4 which is very true that could be true since 2019 it's their highest grossing movie yeah i think you're correct no i'm looking at it on the numbers.com still not great though no not great but (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's more indicative of covid pixar no just pick i don't like Pixar. Super Mario Bros. Number two. Never reached number one like I thought it would. Right there. What's number one again? Frozen 2. Ah, fuck. I think the tweet she saw was that it passed Frozen 2, and I was like, mm, I don't think that's true. I no, think that's, that, a troll. that's a lie. <laughs> um, Mission Impossible had a $291 million budget. So I was trying to look at the weekends here, and we did this last weekend, or, la- or a few movies ago, I think. Mission Impossible... What did I even say it came up at? I don't even know. Oh, here we go. So it checks in kind of middle of the pack for opening weekends. It was beat out by Ant-Man and the Wasp. It was beat out by Super Mario Bros., Guardians, Little Mermaid, Flash, Transformers. Um, Those are all holiday weekends. The second weekend of Mario Bros. Oh, no, sorry. The first one I said was the second weekend. Then the first weekend of Mario Bros. Fuck. uh, Spider-Verse. So, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. I think this movie without big blockbusters coming out has a good, a good run. I Summer just, run. I just don't know how much that gets railroaded, though. Okay, um, counterpoint. That's the word I was looking for here. Yeah. Does op? Okay, Barbie. Yes. Does Oppenheimer have international appeal? Like, are the are the the you know the Asian markets like hmm, do, do, distasteful? Yeah. Like this. I feel like Oppenheimer is going to be a huge. I think it's going to be a very good movie. I think it's going to be a huge box office flop. I really do. And it makes me sad. I, while I would agree, it's Christopher Nolan. People go watch Nolan's things. I'm seeing that like theaters are all sorts of fucking sold out about Oppenheimer. And I think the buzz that's been going around, Barbie, like these two movies coming out, and are you watching both? What order are you watching them? Like I think there's too much social conversation for people not to be going and watching it. Three hours. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Three hours, 92%. We'll talk about it when we review it in the future. We can talk about it at the end. Let's jump into the scale, tie. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, Plot Slash Story. It's a spy movie. Is this considered an espionage movie? Um, I don't really know what espionage means. I just know people have been floating that term around with Secret Invasion. I'm going to say yes without any confidence, but IMDb has it as action-adventure thriller. We'll go with espionage because Google says it's the practice of spying or using spies typically by governments to obtain political and military information. Close enough for me. 100%. So the mission in this impossible mission is uh, they're getting a key, baby. AI's taking over the world. They're getting two keys to put them together to make one key. AI's taking over the world. Fuck yeah. Tom Cruise is the only guy. Sorry, Ethan Hunt is the only guy in the entire world who wants to destroy it and not take advantage of it. Yep. And he's just trying to get these keys. And there's a lot of twists and turns. There's a lot of spying. There's a lot of Tom Cruising. Yep. Got a question for you about this plot. Talk to me. Why couldn't he have just destroyed the one half of the key he had? That way no one could have ever unlocked it. Because the AI is still out there doing stuff. So no one could stop it. Got it. Okay. Everyone else wants to open it up and control it. He wants to open it up and stop it. 
If no one does either, then the AI runs rampant. Fair enough. That was my only question. I was like, if he really wants to destroy it so bad, just fucking yeah. blow this key up. No, <laughs> the AI's still chilling. It's still got that villain dude working for him. This was pretty good by them because they kind of wrote this before kind of chat GPT and all that. We'll oh, t- yeah. touch on that later. But this is a topical thing. Can They're AI ever get sentient, sentient enough to do this? I don't know. Kind of scares me, though. I, yeah, maybe. I think it's the most impossible mission is beating AI. <laughs> um, what do you think of the story, Ty, and the plot that was told here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're, it's a MacGuffin. They're chasing a big, bad item. What's and a everyone, MacGuffin? It's, it's what they use in movies where it's just big, bad item. We got to stop big, bad item. Okay. We're all after this one insert thing. Got it. In this movie, it's a key. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very cookie cutter. What I, what I did like was the, um, I don't know, the, the emotional connections of the characters and like the making the main character choose who he wants to save and didn't really end up choosing at the end of the day, but he thought, yeah, it, it gave off a little bit choice for him. Look, speaking of Christopher Nolan gave off a little bit of Dark Knight vibes yeah. going after Rachel or Harvey. Yeah, fair. And the one chick died. I don't know her name. What was her name? She got stabbed in the heart after we thought she already died in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. It was a fake out just for her to die halfway through the movie. She returning on the next movie somehow? People are saying usually when people die. I haven't seen any other franchise. I don't even know if this is true. Caveat. <laughs> they said it was a pretty quick. Like if other people have died in the franchise, like they take a moment like, oh my God. This mm. was just like, I'm moving on. Maybe they're trying to trick the AI into thinking she's dead because that's what it expects to happen. So more Fast and the Furious parallels people are saying that this franchise has never had anybody come back from the dead though. So it would be a big swing on like fast and the furious where Gal Gadot's just fucking shows up in a submarine. Spoilers, Ty. Always, always continuous spoilers. <laughs> um, I was a little confused at the end. There was the one guy who knew where the, the submarine was that had this AI, whatever on it. And then he's like, I'm the only person in the world that knows where it is. And then Gabriel kills him anyways. Cause Gabriel was the only person in the world who knew where it was. That guy thought he was. Mm. So he said, if I kill you, I actually am the only person in the world who knows where it is. Okay. I missed that. Yeah. I just didn't understand. I was like, why'd he kill him? I think he kind of had a use for him. So for as someone who's saying this is very much like a Fast and the Furious thin plot, sounds like you didn't really understand it very well. Sounds like there was a lot of stuff going on. I don't think Fast and the Furious is thin. I think it's confusing sometimes. Fast and the Furious? It's not confusing. No one dies. (laughs) (laughs) They're dead. They're not dead. Stop hating on Fast and Furious. I hate Fast and Furious. You gave it like a 65 probably. Way too high. The last one. I always say it's way too high, but it is always way too high. <laughs> what did you give the plot slash story on this? So for this one, again, they're chasing the MacGuffin. I think, A, the pacing's done very well, which is a huge part in these kind of movies for the story. I think it's fucking action and suspense throughout. Okay. A little bit of a long runtime. Don't get me long. Mm-hmm. Don't long. Don't get me wrong. I think the pacing's done well, and I like the the battle and him having to stop himself from being himself and, and, and do something different and everyone's against him. And I liked what they did with the story. And I'm actually very intrigued for what they do with the next one. This movie ended and I was, I was ready to just continue watching part two. Yeah. Um, I'm at a 15 out of 20. I don't think it's like an Oscar worthy story, but I do think it's better than the typical cookie cutter action. Go get an item. We're done. hundred percent. Okay. You mentioned the pacing. Felt a little long for me. Hmm. Felt a little slow at points. I literally you're got up and fucking, got water. You're going to fucking hate Oppenheimer. I can tell hey, it now. Oppenheimer, baby. 
keep me on the edge of my seat. IMAX 70 millimeter. What a I know what I'm theaters. getting myself into. Okay. I didn't even know Robert Downey Jr. was in that movie. Everyone's in that movie. Name an actor. John Cena. In it. He's actually in Barbie. <laughs> yeah. He's in a movie this weekend. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it, it's, I, I like some of the elements. There was the little twist at the end that the, the United States guy was the buyer or whatever. And, you know, that kind of aspect to it. And there was the internal, di- not dialogue, but um, you the, the girl character whose name is escaping right now. You see her, her kind of arc. Haley Atwell? Yeah, and then um, speaking of Haley Atwell, we'll talk about her when we get to characters. But, um, you know, her, like, it was kind of like, I mean, it was going to happen. It was predictable, but, like, she's going to she's gonna turn on Tom Cruise, and then she doesn't. So, yeah. It was good for what it was. I don't think it was anything revolutionary. I feel like you insert any spy, James Bond, Cars 2 type of movie, and it's kind of similar. You said you fuck your cars too. How dare you include that? I don't know. I just, I feel like I gave it a 12. It's not a bad score. I just, I don't see like why a movie like this, and maybe it's not getting praised so much for the, the story, but like, why does a movie like this get such a, such a great high score? And then like the last James Bond movie, like, did it get that high of reception? Like, what is the difference? No time to die. We reviewed this. I don't even remember what I gave. No time to die. But just watching this film brought me back to No Time to Die. That was two years ago. Wow. Oh, my God. That got an 83%. So, like, what's the 10% difference? I don't know between James Bond and this. I really don't. Uh, both were two hours and 43 minutes, I think. Yeah, the exact same runtime. So, there we, you go. We reviewed it. I always control F on our spreadsheet, and it never fucking works. There it is. Uh, we gave No Time to Die 75. Okay. I gave this a 12 at the end of the day. Um, it was fine. It was what it was. Look, I usually give a little bit lower for plot slash story. Always the hardest number yeah. to get in my scale. So I liked what they did with it, but I don't think, I don't know. I think that this movie was more than just a cookie cutter. We're going after something. I, I do think the twist and the AI, like fucking expect all of his shit and that kind of stuff. Like all the outcomes and kind of like him versus versus an all knowing entity. Yeah. Rather than just another bad dude who wants something. Kind of yeah. cool. Kind of neat story how they did that. I did have a comment I wanted to make. I think this is the best point to say it. Maybe the longest intro before a title card ever. Wild. <laughs> just a wild. It's like, we're doing this now? <laughs> 30 minutes in? You just have a whole fucking action sequence. Well, you have the intro sequence with the submarine. Intro sequence with the submarine. Yeah. And then is the fucking desert scene? Yeah, you it get the, he gets his mission. You get the desert scene. And then you get the fucking sit down at the CIA with all the big the yeah. fucking boss people talking. Yeah. And then it's like, by the way, Mission Impossible. <laughs> in case like, you forgot. In some movies, we're halfway through the fucking movie right now. <laughs> no hard feelings. We're, you know. Oh, yeah. They're, they're They've already had along. sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I was blown away by that. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty jarring. <laughs> I, was like, I, wow. I can't lie on that. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I have to make this point on the podcast. All I'm saying about the plot slash story, key elements, espionage, spy, doing your own stunts, practical stunts, Tom Cruisery. I knew he was actually parachuting. I don't know if he actually jumped a motorcycle off a cliff, but I wouldn't put it past him. I know that. What do you mean you don't know? I mean, that part of it could have been. That's I know been he was like, for sure parachuting. That's been like the, all of the fucking 
I don't watch TV. I don't got cable. Oh my, that's on like Twitter and social media is nothing but him performing that stunt. They set up a fucking ramp and he just drives the motorcycle off and does like all but of it. But is that a real, is that the actual cliff he jumped off of? Well, it's, it's, a, it's that mountain and they have a ramp there that they CGI'd as like the peak of the mountain. But he very much just drives the fucking motorcycle off and dives. I figured he jumped the motorcycle into some pads and then no, and then separately skydove. That's what I no. Do you think he actually crashed into the side of a train? No, <laughs> no, I don't think he did that. But no, they had like drone footage and everything. They did it like six times, and he drives the motorcycle off and like base jumps basically off the motorcycle. Okay, there's so much footage of it. Well, it's even better than I thought. Look, the practical stunts. This is I, no, hold on. This is a, this is a big moment because that was like the stunt. That everyone yeah. was no 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 that okay. everyone was talking about before this movie came out, and the build up to that, like I'm just sitting in my seat fucking waiting for it, and I think that added to the suspense. I think that may be why you're you're like, oh, this is just Fast and the Furious because you didn't have that experience of when does he drive the motorcycle off the cliff. I gave it a twenty for key elements. I don't know why you're <laughs> arguing with me. The practical stunts, the everything I thought with the a Mission Impossible movie, the self destructing message, the yeah. music. The way it's filmed, the action sequences in this, the chase scenes, they're filmed differently. There's, like, no music. It's very, like, raw almost. The, the action sequences, yeah. Well, when even he, the driving sequences, when they're driving in yeah. Rome, like, you don't have the, the track underneath and the typical. It's kind of just, like, car noises and dialogue. And it's God, different. I fucking love car noises it's, in a chase scene. It's very different than a traditional action scene where there's music, suspense, you know, some sort of something underneath. These movies have a very unique way that they're made in a very unique tone that I think is unlike anything else, honestly. 100%. And that's getting back to the Rotten Tomatoes. Why is this getting a higher score? It's this. It's how the action shot. It's the suspense. It's it's all of that. Because I, when he fucking jive, drives off the, the cliff, and then it's just dead silent. Mm-hmm. And it's just him falling. You, you fucking feel that. Because you're like, this is Tom Cruise. Like, this is a man actually fucking doing it. And it comes through the screen, and you feel the the set piece you feel all of that and then it's like boom we're back side note the sound cut back to the wind after he did that i think you jumped out of your fucking seat oh i did scared the fuck out of me (laughs) i did it was jarring yeah um but yeah and then so you get that mix of uh, even that opening scene where they're fighting in the desert in the sandstorm like it's just so much wind and sand and everything and the action like it plays so well for that scene and then you get to, like, the scenes of him running or whatever, and it's just the Mission Impossible theme in, like, ten different ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it works so fucking good. What'd you give Key Elements? I didn't, yeah, and it's a 20. <laughs> it's it's easily a 20. It's the chase scene and the cars are more practical than not. It's not Fast and the Furious where a bunch of guys are driving cars 25 miles an hour and they just play it at four times speed. Like, they're doing a lot of hey. practical stunt driver. No. Fast and Furious no. does a lot of practical no, stunts. No, yes, they, don't. they are known for that. Justin no, Lin does that. Yes. No, no they do you shit. Wrong. No, they like Vin Diesel drives off. Obviously, a they're not in cliff space. Shit. But they do do practical stunts. You're giving them a little bit too. They don't do even mm. remotely close to the amount of practical stunts that they do and stuff like this. I think you're doing a disservice right now just because you want to hate on Fast and the Furious. Not at all. Okay. Not I know all. you're wrong, but continue. Not at all. Whereas this, like, you can tell they're actually like they're fucking some cars up. And it's actual stunt drivers, not just, like, cars on a track and CGI. Again, you're not giving them enough credit, but... Uh, 100%, they don't deserve any of the credit. It, it just, you feel it. And the suspense. Uh, fucking, 
even the airport where they're just like walking away from the detectives. It just, it works so well. Yeah. I had a blast throughout this entire movie because of that. Why don't you parlay that into your visual cinematography score, Ty? Visual cinematography, the suspense, the sound, all of that plays a huge role in this. There wasn't a lot of like actual fighting. Like there was, but it was more suspense than fighting, I feel like. And then the chase scenes obviously play into that. Mm-hmm. Um, the fighting was done, I-, I would say, okay. I don't even think it was done very like incredibly. Um, but it was done well, but the, the suspense and how shit shot and the different wide shots, I would say there's a lot of different, like you feel the scale of the movie and then you feel the intimacy of different moments Yeah, and it's done very well. And the different set pieces are all done very well. Um, I'm very high. I'm at an 18. Okay. I think the way it's shot that creates that suspense plays a huge role in that along with the sound. And then these giant set pieces are just so fucking cool to see on screen. Yeah. The movie shot really well. And like I said, it has its um, identity and it has its own character to it. And that obviously is going to help and give a baseline good score right away. And this is where a little bit of my personality seeps into the scale. And that's why we have the scale is because everyone's different. I'm not sure if I like the mission impossible style. I don't know. I just give me slop, baby. This just feels like such a good blend of slop, though. They called their fucking team and piss and piss impossible mission force. Like, no, what a ridiculous just, name for a team. Some of the, I don't know. I, I like some of the, like the the action scenes, like when the train's falling, and I, I get it's the Mission Impossible style, and I gave it credit for that and everything. Gave it a twenty, but like. I don't know. It's like it was just kind of like quiet and then just like someone would happen. You know what I mean? And then it was like quiet. It was very like realistic. Don't get me wrong. I don't know. I just don't. I I feel like I just wasn't. I didn't like it as much as I would if I don't know. There was a little bit of like CGI. Dun, 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 dun. uh. You're being real mean to Fast and Furious. I just looked it up. The Fast 10 ball, real two ton practical ball that they rolled down the sets into cars and shit. Probably had like Hot Wheels or something. You think they're just lying about that? Yeah. I gave it a 14 out of 20. Um, the scenes are good. The Like I said, it has its own its own character, its own flair. But for me, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it was it was like a taking me out of it thing because I was almost thinking about it. Like there was multiple points like when they were driving the car in Rome and I was like, there's no music behind this. Like that's unusual. Hmm. You know, like that, like I don't notice when there is music, but when there wasn't, I was like, oh, wow, that's why this is different or this is different because of this. I respect it. I respect, obviously, the practical natures of everything Tom Cruise does. He didn't break his ankle on this shoot. I don't think so. Um, I also saw a, a clip on Twitter about him being, like, the scaredest he ever was was he was hanging off a helicopter once. thought that was going to be in this movie. Maybe it was in a past movie. I don't know. Maybe hanging off the side of a plane? It was a helicopter. He's, like, on a rope. Oh. I think it was the last one. I know there's the one where he's on the outside of the plane and the plane takes off. That's fucking wild. He's incredible. He's so fucking cool. I thought Top Gun Maverick was cool, just them being in the fucking planes yeah. when they were flying him. No, he's held onto the side of a plane as it flies away. No cables. He's going to die. No, I'm just lying. He definitely had cables. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? He's going to die. Maybe, but I, he's going to die doing what he loves. Um, That'll be the end of the Mission Impossible franchise. Him getting shot, but like real shot. Yeah. It's like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. It's like, I want to do this practically. <laughs> Use a real gun and bullet. <laughs> right in my head. <laughs> Have 10 cameras filming all at the same time. Use the best angle. There were some shots in this. I, I 
I liked it because it reminds you that it's practical where it was like, it looked like a GoPro shot. Like it probably was a GoPro, yeah, but it was like, you don't see that a lot, you know? And like, I, I did laugh in the, the Tom Cruise, like when he was skydiving and you see his face all, all his plastic back. surgery pushed yeah. back. And it was like, he's actually skydiving. Yeah. He's not just CGI'd on cables. I also laughed about how old he looked in the little thing he does before all his movies. Thank you for coming to the theater to watch this. I think it's, it's a combination of he looks old and he just needs to cut his hair. Like in all of his movies, he has shorter hair. And then yeah. in real life, he has long hair and it just makes him look so much worse. Well, I think he probably gets makeup done and everything, but he looks great for his age. You don't think they do fucking makeup before he does like little snippets that go before his movie? Maybe not as much. I mean, he looked old as hell in that intro he scene. Did. No, he did. And I was did. I was a little worried. I was like, "Ooh, yeah. is he too old for this?" And then they showed him and I was like, "Nope." Cut back and like, "This man's 35." <laughs> Gavin, cuz we saw this with Gavin was I said something about Tom Cruise being 60 and he's like, "Tom Cruise is 60?" Yeah. I thought he was in his 30s. I'm like, "No, Gavin." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "This franchise is older than you, and I'm pretty sure older than me, and I don't... It might be older than me. It's close. Um, 1996. I was going to say, I just had it pulled up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> God damn. So, how old do you think Tom Cruise was when it started? Well, if he's 61... I'm not doing that math. That's why I was asking you. 23, 27, that's what? 34? He was in his 30s when it started? <laughs> and we're on number seven, and he still looks like he's in his 30s in the movie? 1962. Yeah, he was 34. That's incredible. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I wonder how he probably looked extremely young in that one. He probably looked the same. Let's, I think he's just like glued his face in place. <laughs> or just can't change now. That's what money does, Ty. It's incredible. No, going back to like the how you didn't like the style of it, though. I, I think that for me personally... I'm really big on music can be used in such a good way to enhance a scene. Mm-hmm. I, I think of movies like fucking Baby Driver, where it's so much fun, and he's a getaway driver, obviously, but like his whole thing is he's got his iPod, and he wants to listen to music while he drives, and it makes those scenes so much more fun. I think of James Gunn and all that he's done with the Guardians, yep. and how fucking awesome the No Sleep Till Brooklyn fight scene is in Guardians 3. Excellent. And then I think of movies like this where using music and using nothing the lack can of music. be the lack of music can be just as good as good yeah. music because I, I you feel the fucking chase sequence like you feel like you're in the back seat of that Fiat yeah squeezed in while he's driving around fucking Italy where Rome, it? Rome? Mm-hmm. Italy so like you feel it so much more and like when he's diving through the air again I was very big on like the stuff coming up to this and knowing him doing that stunt I got fucking chills man. <laughs> I got fucking chills when he drove that motorcycle off because it's just silent. And you're like, this is a 60-year-old man who actually fucking did this. Oh, my 
Like we watch a lot of cool action movies and like that's that's the Hollywood magic is about how they make all this fake shit look real. <laughs> he actually fucking did that. You sound like my dad right now. <laughs> it's incredible. Is this like is this James Bond meets Jackass? Is this what this is for you? <laughs> yeah, meets Nitro Circus? Yes, so. It's so <laughs> fucking cool. And I, I that lack of of music and the way that it's shot and how it you just feel the authentic authenticity oh, mm-hmm. of the scenes. And it's not fucking blue screened and on cables and that's a man with a parachute and a motorcycle. Not even worse than blue screen the stupid LED screens. Get me away from those. I stand by it. it. works so well for Mandalorian. I don't know why no one else has figured it out yet. Hey, great. It has. Everything else seems... There's yeah. good moments, but there's also bad moments. Let's be real. I don't know. Thor, Love, and Thunder. A little cartoony. Not great. Besides that planet, that planet scene, I still think about that planet scene probably Black once a white. week. It's incredible. And it was like five minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking... Such wasted potential. Characters. <sighs> I just think about Thor Love and Thunder. I feel like if I had to pick one MCU movie to do over because there was yeah. such high potential, it's that one. Because the movie itself like isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. It's just what it could have been versus what it was makes it seem like it's yeah absolutely horrible. Yeah, fucking Christian Bale as a villain villain did and nothing a good one with too. it. You could have had such a like serious emotional plot with like the love of his life getting cancer and dying. Done did nothing with it. Bad mark for Taika Waititi. Terrible. Characters. Um, Tom Cruise, a little bit typecast. I mean, I know he plays a spy and he plays a, a fighter pilot and he plays a a war uh, a guy who fights robots mm-hmm. and has to live the same day over and mm-hmm. over again. Counterpoint, he's never done up-close magic in any of those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Fair enough. Um, I thought he was like he was everything I expected him to be. I don't yeah. think it was an Oscar-winning performance. I think it was a a charismatic lead performance, which is all you need out of this. Um, I thought the the Gabriel character was interesting, and I actually kind of liked him. Didn't get too too much of him, and I think we obviously will more. I also was For thinking, sure. I don't know where Tom Cruise is if he's like Vin Diesel, another Fast and the Furious reference, where he always has to be the biggest star. But I did think dream type casting, but might not be a dream because Tom Cruise might have to be the biggest star. I, I want to see uh, – um, why is my fucking brain just – Talk to me. Blank? Give me movies. Brad Pitt. I want to see Brad play, Pitt play Ooh. Gabriel. That's what I was thinking during the movie. I was like, Brad Pitt as Gabriel? I don't know. I don't hate it. Kind of was like – I fucking I, love Brad Pitt. I kind of like that. So um, I was also thinking of if they had a super big budget, which obviously this actor would never take this role because it was such a minor role. But the uh, second cop, not the lead cop. With the the side the second cop who was <laughs> okay. who was like maybe he's right yeah Michael uh, B Jordan oh yeah what a waste of a- <laughs> exactly Michael B Jordan take it but 15 years ago early Michael B Jordan he's in this I'm I'm just realizing the second cop Greg Tarzan Davis mm-hmm. you know what else he's known for what's that he's Coyote in Top Gun Maverick oh okay yeah Tom Cruise taking care of his people fuck yeah. Um, I gave this a 13 out of 20. Oh, also, Haley Atwell, Brie Larson Club. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Do you see the stupid shit going around Twitter where it's like, oh, Tom Cruise and his co-star's age difference is problematic? She's 41. Yeah, they're they're People are they're so fucking adults. stupid. They're grown adults. Just, yeah. Um, 100% agree with what you said. Who's like a 60-year-old actress that could have been the co-lead in this? <laughs> 
Jennifer Aniston? 60, yeah, I was gonna. I mean, <laughs> she's the go-to. Um, how old is Salma Jamie Hayek? Lee Curtis. Salma Hayek. Oh, that's a good one. She's uh not aging. She's fifty-six. Yeah, see, it's a five-year difference. That's nothing. Depending on when Tom Cruise graduated and when she started high school, they could have been freshman senior. Yeah. How old's Jennifer Aniston's? Pretty old too, right? Oh, for sure. Jennifer Aniston, the girl Tom Cruise, fifty-four for Jennifer Aniston. Younger than Salma Hayek. Speaking of, just watched Horrible Bosses with it before, after the last podcast because Tyler was talking about it. Good movie. Good movie. Yeah. Um. Would you Would you give it thirteen out of twenty? Thirteen. Yeah. I don't think. Again, there's no Oscar winning performances in this, but I think Ethan Hunt, uh, Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt, is very very charming. And I think the chemistry with Haley Atwell jumps off the fucking screen. Yeah. Um, I think Agreed. she, like, I know she's she's Captain Britain or whatever in the MCU and Peggy. Yeah. Yep. I haven't really seen her in anything outside of that, and that's fairly minimal roles. I'll be honest. I didn't even know that's who that was. Like, I looked her up afterwards, and I was like, oh, that's who that is? Yeah, like, I knew that was who she was, but I've never seen her in anything else. She did really fucking good in this movie. Like, I think she was toe-to-toe with Tom Cruise on screen in terms of, like, charm and how much you like this fucking character. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I think she was wonderful. I like Simon Pegg. I like everything he's in. He's a funny motherfucker. Um, so I enjoyed him as the, the little mm. sidekick yep. character, yep. Benji. And then, yeah, the Gabriel character is just kind of like a creepy dude. Yeah. Which I was just gonna make works. my point. I feel like there's a lot of room to grow for me. I feel like if he's more, more focused in the second one, and it's that internal battle of Tom Cruise and him, and kind of their past and everything, and like, if if they, I, I know that it became it's become kind of a um, a trope, but if they make him like a villain with like justifiable cause, mm, that's gonna be a good character. Because he's a badass. He played a really good badass. But if it's like... Dude, he's intimidating. Like, you think he's just doing this for world control, but he's really doing it for this reason. But it's still kind of bad. But you're like, damn. I get it. Yeah. If they can do that somehow, which I don't know if Tom Cruise wants that, but I feel like we're we're creeping up to like a 16 for me in the next movie. But room to grow, for sure. I don't know. I'm... I don't know. I kind of like sometimes when the asshole is just an asshole for no reason. <laughs> it's like, why are you such a dick? Like Fair. his whole thing was like he doesn't even kill about like care about killing people. He just cares about the suffering. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a villain who's just an asshole. <laughs> it's not bad. Um, what did you think of Palm Clement Clementif Tyfe Mantis? That's Mantis. Yeah, it's Mantis. I thought she looked familiar. Yeah, she's she a badass. She didn't have antennas in this one, so it kind of <laughs> threw you off. I thought she was a badass in this, and yeah. I thought she, they played up her badassery very well. Yeah, I liked her. I'm I'm a few points higher than you. What did you give it, actually? 13. 14. I'm one point higher than you. Uh, I enjoyed the characters. I, I think they're very charming, and I, I want to see a lot of them return and, and continue doing what they're doing part two. I can't wait. Fair enough. Enjoyment. I feel like this is, might be one of our biggest differences. Yes. I liked this movie. I didn't dislike this movie. Felt a little long to me, and I just... Not a big spy guy. I mean, let me go back to no, no Time to Die if I even have that on my scale. I don't even think I do. Um, oh, you I do. give No Time to Die six points lower than me. 72. So I'm looking at my enjoyment, and I feel like I'm in a fair place because I feel like with No Time to Die, I do remember a little bit things I liked a little bit more. It didn't drag as much as this one. 
Um, I gave it a 13 out of 20 for my enjoyment. I, I, I didn't dislike it. Would I watch it again? And this is the kind of where I draw the line with my scale. Like I probably wouldn't, it was long. I'm just going to freaking read a, a, a quick books, whatever those things were called about what happened in this one when the next one comes out. And that's that. Damn. I kind of feel like it, Dune a little bit. I mean, very different movies, but I feel like that's kind of how I felt about Dune in the same, same breath. I actually gave, Oh no. I actually gave Dune an 11, which makes yeah. sense. I did enjoy this more than Dune. Um, but part one, setting up a part two, baby. Lots of part ones and part twos out there. Um, this is where we differ. <laughs> I will be going back and watching four, five, and six. All yeah, of, see, all of the post MI, you know, Mission Possible one, two, and three. Um, I had a fucking blast with this movie. Tom Cruise as a person, fucking weirdo. Tom is Cruise. He? Yeah, Scientologist and, mm. and just... I respect everyone's beliefs, Ty. We, weird fucking dude. I respect um, everyone's beliefs. Tom Cruise as an artist. He's... he's <laughs> an artist. I, I'm at the point now where it's... I don't care what he's in, I'm going to watch it. I was about to say, I feel like he's in your Mount Rushmore, A hundred percent. Everything that he's in, I fucking love. In the past, like, I don't know how long. Have you watched a Tom Cruise movie you've hated? Um, Let me go through the list here. My uh, most watched Tom Cruise movie... And again, Edge of Tomorrow, great. Maybe Mummy, that one's probably pretty bad, the 2017 yeah, I one. I won't be watching that. Edge of Tomorrow, fantastic. I watched a lot of War of Worlds, War of the Worlds, growing up. Why? I don't okay. know. That's such a weird movie to watch as like a 10-year-old, but I always did. Um, Look, I'm finding out that I really haven't seen a lot of Tom Cruise shit. Jerry Maguire, that's a classic. Never seen it. He's wonderful in Tropic Thunder. We were talking about that before the pod. Mm-hmm. We've never seen him. He's just an asshole in Tropic Thunder. But he's such a good asshole. Have you seen the original Top Gun? Yeah. yeah. I've seen it. It's pretty good in that. The Outsiders? So look, maybe I, I don't know. I've never... I feel like I've been familiar with Tom Cruise, but but haven't like dove in. Mm-hmm. I don't think I will anyways, <laughs> except for like Mission Impossible. Anything new that comes out, though. You've seen The Last Samurai. Is that him? Yeah. Nathan Algren. It's uh. his second movie unknown for. Movie fucking sucks. Yeah, you had to watch it in middle I school. Hate that fucking movie. And I was like, I'll watch it with you, Ty. And then I fell asleep. That movie could be like a wonderful piece of art, but the fact that I was assigned it as homework. Oh, any movie's worse. Just, just homework. Just no fucking chance I'm having a good time if with that. This movie was homework, your enjoyment score would be five points lower, probably. <laughs> yeah. No, I think there's a real possibility that, like, because I got assigned that as homework, I stayed away from Tom Cruise for a long time. That movie won four Oscars. was nominated for four Oscars. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was a fucking homework assignment. And it's not even like it was in a movie class or something. It was like in history. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Um, Reveloso, yeah. I believe was his name, yeah. assigned it to you. Yeah. Didn't have him, thankfully. <laughs> Didn't have to watch it. You still watched it with me. Well, I fell asleep, but. Yeah. Um, I'm at an 18 out of 20. Okay. I had a fucking blast. I like, like Maverick. A little bit more like there mm-hmm. is. Uh, and I have a feeling I'll uh, everyone says fallout's the best. And that's the one with Henry Cavill. That's why we have the infamous CGI to uh, lip stash. Yeah. Yeah. Cause of the mustache he had for that. I have a feeling I'll fucking love that one, but very much enjoy this one. It's, it's very, very high on my, my scale for enjoyment. And uh, it's, it's a fucking blast. And I'm all in on Tom Cruise. My final score tie. Very fitting. Not on purpose. I gave it the exact same score as No Time to Die. <laughs> wow. So, and, funny enough, another part one movie, Dune. I gave it 
a 72 out of 100 tie. Yeah. Me and you, uh, we differ on this movie, and that's that's okay. <laughs> Everyone has their different things. I'm at an 85 out of 100. Wow. You are you put it above the line at an 85 plus. Yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Drop everything and go see it. That's what above the line means. I 100% agree with that. I will be telling everyone how fucking awesome this movie was. <laughs> and then I'm going to go and show them the clip on Twitter of Tom Cruise driving the motorcycle off the cliff. So they aren't they aren't left out of that enjoyment and that suspense that you were left out on. <laughs> I'm sure they'll thank you. I know they will. <laughs> uh, 85 and 72 gives this a combined score of 78 and a half out of 100, making it the 66th ranked movie out of the 190 films we have now reviewed. It is with the likes of John Wick Chapter 4. Um, where do you see that? Where did I? Nope, I'm, I'm two down. It is with the likes of <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder. Exact same fucking score. <laughs> How does that happen? This is such a better movie than that movie. I'll blame you. We get the MCU bump. We always give an MCU bump. As soon as we watch a Marvel movie, we're like, oh my God, Marvel movie. And then like two months pass and we're like, wow. We way overrated that movie. Yeah, is Guardians three still a ninety six out of a hundred? Um, <laughs> maybe ninety four. <laughs> I think I said afterwards that I would drop it down, maybe one or two. But I watched it again. I still loved it again. You've seen it already again? I believe so. Oh, I think yeah, I went twice it. when yeah. it was in theaters. Yeah, yeah. And I still was like, this movie fucking is awesome. Um, man, this movie is just not. I hate that it's next to Thor: Love and Thunder. And Anola Holmes and Bullet Train. Yeah, Bullet Train. Like, you're giving it a 72. That's way too low. I think this should be up closer towards. Um, I don't know. I don't have a good that's comp. what you gave it. That's what you think it should be up I towards. do. I do think that's exactly where it should be. <laughs> Look, I, it's within the lines. Go see it. It's not a drop everything. Go see it. It's yes, a it good is. movie. I'd give it a fresh. Just not totally my cup of tea, I think. Yeah. And that's fine. Everyone's got a different cup of tea. And I think our. Our combined score of 78.5, I'm willing to live with that. This type of movie is my Dr. Pepper. It's my go-to drink. It is 100% my cup of tea. (laughs) Random AI movie review, movie synopsis tie. Fittingly, because I was thinking of No Time to Die, I was thinking of Mission Impossible, and I was thinking of James Bond, baby. Oh. Okay. Shaken, not stirred. Yeah, nice. James Bond. Which James Bond were you trying to be there? I don't know. Is that Sean Connery? Yeah, I think so, but... (laughs) Title. So this this uh, this guy gave me a title of his synopsis. Oh, he he titled his synopsis. Yes. yes. So this okay. is in the style of James Bond. And I'm not going to give names because I think that gives it away. Although, is that really his name in the movie? Because if so, I'm just no. That's not his name. Give names then. Fuck. fuck well, one head. of the names was right. Chat GPT just off. I don't know. Stupid AI. <clears throat> Ethan Hunt would so fucking beat the ChatGPT AI's ass. <laughs> <laughs> he would. <laughs> Title. Wait. Shaken, not stirred. Title. <laughs> Temporal Odyssey. I don't even sound like I'm British. No, you don't. I don't know what's going on here, but keep it going. Meet Dr. Alexander Stone, a charismatic and daring inventor. Is that his name? That's his name by ChatGPT. That's not his real Ignore name. Ignore the name. Yeah, I don't know why. A charismatic and daring inventor whose destiny unfolds through an extraordinary encounter with... I can't repeat that because you will know what it is. Okay. 
a serendipitous rendezvous with a young, resourceful scientist named, not going to say his name, ignites a whirlwind adventure as they embark on a pulse-pounding mission through the annals of time, unraveling the enigmatic world of temporal, temporal paradoxes they must navigate through history's twists and turns to ensure the continuum remains unscathed. With fate hanging in the balance, their bond deepens, and together they challenge the past, present, and future in a race against time itself, armed with courage, wit, and a dash of audacity that could alter the fabric of existence forever. Shaken nuts to... I, that was totally bad. It was wonderful. I... <laughs> My mind fucking hurts right now. Did you not do a time thing last week? Don't remember what I did last week. Be honest. I could have. Maybe the week before. Anything's possible, Ty. It's My a time travel movie. Pretty stupid. It's an inventor paired up with a scientist. They're they're time traveling. I did Soli last. No, I didn't do Soli. Soli was the other one that they gave away too much. Did you do like four last week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rattled through a lot. Yeah. I know I guessed trolls for one of them, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother. Run it back. Give me the the key points here. As James um, Bond or as Jason, you can choose. Charismatic adventure. Yeah. Uh, serendipitous rendezvous with a young, resourceful scientist. A world-world adventure. Pulse-pounding mission through the annals of time. An enigmatic world of temporal paradoxes. Uh, history's fates, twists and turns. This is such a British thing to just say big words and act like you're fucking smart. <laughs> Fuck you, James Bond. <laughs> Is that what is that what Ethan Hunt is? He's just American. Oh, should we power rank James Bond, Ethan Hunt, and uh, oh my God, it's Jason Bourne? Never seen a Jason Bourne. Last, you know how many times I fucking heard that in my life. Your name's Jason. I'm sure plenty. It's not funny. If you tell me, oh my God, it's Jason Bourne, or oh my God, go read a book, you're you didn't come up with that. I promise. I think they did. I just think everyone comes up with it. Ben at least called me bookworm. He at least had a little bit of a little spin on it. Yeah. It's like a two-stepper. Yeah. Okay. Fuck, man. I don't know time travel movies. I just think like Groundhog's Day, but he's like a reporter. He's not a scientist. I think Palm Mm -hmm. Springs, they're nobodies. They're just partying. I go to Avengers Endgame, but I'm like, that's not, it's not Dr. Anything. And you would have known that that's not his name. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other fucking time travel movies that I'm thinking of. Back to the Future, final guess. It's Back to the Future. Oh, my God. It took me a minute. <laughs> it is Back to the Future, Ty. Fuck, yeah. One? Could have really yeah. fucked with me with part two. Yeah, just one. You're nice. nailing these. Yeah. I almost missed that one. I had nothing to go off of there, and then it just fucking boom. I was thinking too recent. Yeah. Michael J. Fox, very very charming in that movie. The other one I did was... uh. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I told you before. Um, yeah. It was pretty self-explanatory. James Bond, not as funny to do like a monologue. So, Well, there's certain voices. That, what do you mean? Like cinema voices that are just fucking great. Vin mm-hmm. Diesel's low growl talking about family. Mm-hmm. It's very funny to laugh at. Well, yeah. Dominic Toretto doing the AI as Dominic Toretto is just the best because it's just instant family every time. Yeah, it, like, Every single thing there is. Do um do what is the movie where it's just literally a singular guy, the the fucking rock movie where his arm's stuck in a rock. Hundred twenty eight hours. We did yeah. that last week. Yeah, but do it as Dominic Toretto. Will he still bring up family on a movie that's solely on his own? What's the one where the dude dies in the bus in fucking Alaska? 
Fargo? No. No. <laughs> That's a terrible guess. Um, Call of the Wild? No, I don't know. Maybe. No, no. Oh no, yeah. Mm-hmm. See. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, this I think this is just new a, cha- a new chat GPT update where they're just giving me titles. They're just ripping them off. And now I did change what I said because it started giving me like six paragraph answers, so yeah. I said p- two paragraphs or fewer. Uh, this is Dominic Toretto as 128 hours title Unbreakable Drive. <laughs> <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with Fast and the Furious because it brings me so much joy, but those movies fucking suck. I, I can't do a Dominic Toretto. You've got Aaron, a fearless adrenaline junkie with an unbreakable spirit and a love for living life on the edge. But when an exhilarating solo expedition in the heart of nature takes an unexpected turn, he finds himself trapped in an unforgiving canyon with no one to hear his roar. Battling against the relentless forces of nature, Aaron must summon all of his courage and determination to survive for 128 grueling hours. With every second ticking by, he faces the ultimate test of human willpower and grit. (laughs) With every second ticking by, he faces the ultimate test of human willpower and grit, drawing on the bonds of family and the unbreakable ties of survival. As Aaron navigates the thin line between life and death, his unwavering determination and the sheer force of his indomitable spirit may be the only keys to unlock his escape from the clutches of fate. Drawing on the bonds of family. I type in a movie about one person. Number one answer, 127 hours. Oh, it's 127 hours, not 128. I put 128. No, I'm going to I'm going to figure this out. Inside, I don't uh, William Defoe, I don't fucking care. I don't know that. Lock buried, all is lost. The shallows. Castaway? Castaway? Give me Dominic Toretto talking about Wilson. Oh, uh, you know he's going to fucking say that Wilson's his family, right? Oh, fuck you, right. Island Redemption. Meet Whoa. Tom, a man of resilience and untamed spirit. Isn't that the similar whose life takes an unexpected turn when he becomes stranded on a remote, unforgiving island after a catastrophic plane crash. Isolated from civilization, everything he once knew, he must adapt and survive against all odds. Time and the elements become his constant companions, pushing him to the brink of sanity as he battles the harsh realities of survival. But even in his darkest mo- in the darkest moments, the flames of hope burn bright as he learns to embrace solitude and discover an inner strength he never knew existed. In the ult- in the ult- in this ultimate test of endurance, Tom's journey of self-discovery leaves him to embrace the island's mysteries and seek redemption amidst the vast expanse of the open sea. Nothing about family. That wasn't really Dominic Toretto either. So, I think they just gave up. They were like, "If there's nothing about family, there's nothing for Dominic Toretto to say." <laughs> this is my synopsis. Here, last one. Let's see if this is good. Um. Eh, it's bad. I was going to do Daddy's Home, but it's kind of just like a... Sometimes the most unexpected alliances can forge the strongest family ties. Mm. I don't remember what the first one we did was, where he just started with, yeah, uh, Ghost Rider. Family. family. It's all about family. It's It's incredible. Oh, I fucking love this. Ty, we got a special schedule coming up next week for the, the... Double blockbuster. What do they call this? Double, Double feature. Double feature. Doesn't happen often. This is the biggest week in cinema in a long time. What are we doing? We're reviewing two movies. Okay. In, in one episode? One week. Okay. No, two episodes. 
I know. I'm trying to set you up to explain. Oh. <laughs> two movies, two episodes, one week. Mm-hmm. One night only. Two nights only. Two nights only. We are going to review Barbenheimer. Yes. We're going to start with Barbie because we think it's going to do better in the box office. And it's just it's got more mainstream appeal, let's be honest. More people are going to see Barbie, I'll say it. So we're going to drop Barbie Monday. That is Monday, July 24th. Two days earlier than we usually drop. And then two days after we normally drop, that is when we will do the Oppenheimer review. Now, a theater near us. Two days after we normally drop is when they're going to drop the bomb. Yes. Friday, June 28th. Bombs are dropping. June 28th? July 28th. July 28th. Why did June 28th? I don't know. It's almost like my birthday. Almost. <laughs> I was like, is my birthday coming up? And I was like, no, that can't be right. <laughs> July 28th. <laughs> And one of a theater 45 minutes from us is one of 17, 19 theaters in the country showing it in 70 millimeter IMAX the way Christopher Nolan Nolan said it's intended to be seen. I don't really know what that means, 70 millimeter IMAX versus normal IMAX. I'll be honest. No fucking clue. But if it's one of 19 theaters and I can go see it and it's 45 minutes away, it doesn't matter that the ticket's $23.50. I'm going to go see it in 70 millimeter IMAX. It's going to feel like that bomb's exploding because that's what they that's what Christopher Nolan said. It's going to feel like I'm really there. I want to feel the atomic bomb. And then we could say we survived it. We could. Um the best thing that I've seen 70 millimeters is considered better because it can project more colors, more mm. detail, mm. more everything out mm. onto the screen. Mm-mm-mm. I saw something about like the pixel comparison. Um, 70 millimeter. Call me stupid, but how come film looks better than digital? Because digital, I think it's, you have 4k pixels. Each pixel is one color and it makes a picture. Film is just the true raw, raw film. Hmm. I did take a film class in college and I don't know the answer, but I'm excited. Uh, I'm not seeing this at Civic either way. Oh shit. Civic doesn't deserve Oppenheimer for me. I'm sorry. Did you notice in our Mission Impossible movie that the, the that the screen was slightly off center and a little bit of the movie was on the wall? I <laughs> did not notice that. I Good. did notice we were in the theater that had a broken AC that they finally <laughs> fixed. Thank yes. God, because it was like a hundred <laughs> yesterday. Yes, it was not hot. Thankfully, um, they don't really have an exact thing. But typically, what's the best screen you can think of right now, Jay? Best resolution you can think of. What do you mean? That like is out. Like if you're watching something, you want to see is it. Is there better in. than 4K now? I know they have like those 8K cameras. I don't know. But 4K is typically like that's fucking cutting edge. Yeah. Um, It's estimated that it's similar to 12 to 18K. That's a lot of Ks. That's so many Ks. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited. I can't wait. Barbie Monday, Oppenheimer Friday. Ty, it's going to be a great week. And I'm... I'm actually, before we, we sign it off, I'm really excited for Oppenheimer. I was thinking about this um, before we went and saw Mission Impossible, which you really enjoyed, so it might not fit you as much. But, like, we've seen a lot of, I mean, I, I just did give Spider-Verse a 91, but we've seen a lot of, like, big blockbusters slash whatever's coming out. Even Guardians got a high score. It was enjoyable. It's been a while since I've seen, like, a serious, like, a serious good I don't know if this is going to be nominated for an Oscar. Maybe it is. But, like, the last one I saw was Fablements. That was the last movie I saw where it was, like, this is, like, Art. known for being really good. Cinema. Yeah. Cinema. Something Scorsese would like. And I'm excited. I'm excited for it. So. I am, too. I'm I'm 
again, we we do this because we like the fucking popcorn movies and mm-hmm. all that. I feel like because of doing this, we've learned to l- appreciate movies more. Yeah. And I fucking love movies like this, too. And it's Christopher Nolan, so you know it's still going to be exciting on top of everything. Yeah. He's like the go-to wide stream appeal, but like actual. Like, He's definitely mastered the, I'm a filmmaker, but I also make a lot of money in the box office. Yeah. Like Tarantino's movies still make decent amount too. Don't get me wrong, but no one does it. Like no like, one's towing that no. line better. Yeah. He's like the guy who the advanced analytics guys love and the, the guy at the bar. Loves. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. He's just... Shohei. He's Shohei Otani. I'll say it. <laughs> wow. That's a fucking compliment <laughs> to Shohei. I think actually Spielberg's probably number one on that list, but Nolan's number two. Even then, though, like Spielberg. Greatest director of all time. I already made that point. 100%. But like Jurassic Park, is that like cinema? No, that's a fucking popcorn movie. But he's done both. He has done both. But back then, I think Jurassic Park was considered low-key a little bit of cinema just because of all the... You cool know, dinosaurs. <laughs> like the, the technical aspect of it. I like to imagine Martin Scorsese as a kid just... This is fucking cinema, baby, and it's just a fucking T-Rex. Well, spoiler alert, he definitely was not a kid when Jurassic Park came No, but I like to imagine that. (laughs) I know it's not real. That's why I'm imagining. I fucking hate Martin Scorsese, but it's all right. I can't wait. He's made one of my favorite movies of all time. I shouldn't say that. He does make great movies, but he's a dickhead. Yeah. Ah, This is going to be a fun week, Jay. Yes, it is. I can't wait. Um, Go go out and watch both. Don't do like us. Go do the double feature. Go watch five and a half hours of movie back to back. Rattle off Oppenheimer. Be super depressed from the atomic bomb dropping and the 30 minute sex scene where Alvin Einstein's just jerking off in the corner. Is that really thing? A thing? There is a very, uh, they said, intimate sex scene that wow. plays out. I don't think Albert Einstein's in it. <laughs> I was just doing that for fun. <laughs> you did not just say I was doing that for fun. <laughs> I was just making that part up for fun. It made it a lot funnier, though. If you're just like Oppenheimer's railing his wife, it's like, okay, when you think of fucking Albert over there with his hair all poofed up, just wanking it, way funnier. Jesus. <laughs> um, and then go cleanse your palate with a little bit of Barbie. And so you think Margot the correct Robbie order and... is Oppenheimer Barbie or Barbie Oppenheimer? If you were to see it back to back. Back to back, you have to start with the three hour one. Yeah. The, the sad three-hour one, and then because if you just watch two and a half hours of like fun Barbie, you're gonna be tired. You're not gonna want to watch through three hours. Yeah. But Oppenheimer, fair. like, get the emotions out of the way, bring you right back up. Have a fucking good time. Take a thirty-minute intermission to really process what you just watched with the, uh, you know, World War Two movie, Barbie Hour Fifty Four. Well, that's shorter than I thought. I'm excited. It's gonna be great. I can't wait. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.